Hello everyone, welcome to the Cyber Weekly. Cyber Weekly is a podcast which talks about cyber security with me, the precious security host, and I just join a lot of my co-hosts. We do also have book reviews, occasionally. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. Josephine, this is now the 16th episode. How does it feel like we've moved, we've pushed it? Yeah, good uh, morning, Leo. Yes, I think we're not learned badly at all. Um, I, I do think we are getting better. Um, and uh, I, I'm also getting a little bit more comfortable with, with, it, with it, you know. But yeah, thank you. But thank you. At least I know you're the man behind it. So thank you for keeping us going. I, I, I appreciate it. But if you aren't there on the podcast, I don't think I'll push it for long. But yeah, you're also part of the the, the motivating factor. <laughs> oh, that's 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 good to hear. That's yeah. good to hear. Because yeah. it's very easy to do something alone. So yeah, and 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 I think I think the good thing is we're like accountability partners. So exactly. you keep me accountable. I keep you accountable, but uh, also so motivating. That thing, accountability partner. Yes. Yes. That's that's good. Yeah. So um, today, you shall be looking at uh, several items, but today seems you're going to be doing the talking of asking of the questions and, you know, outlining things. So I'll, I'll leave it. Yes. I'm, I'm very happy to hear about that because I normally do all the talking, a lot of the talking, but <laughs> apart from when we have guests. But uh, yes, so th- thank you, Dale, for and thank you for picking the subjects. I think... Uh, today we are going to be looking at um, banking and how um, banking got a new attack form. Uh, we're also going to be looking at a new f- form of attacking people's homes, and we'll delve a little bit into the famous duck, uh, duck, duck, go, uh, that that um, that uh, application, the, the browser. So we start with the uh, bank with banking then. So tell tell us there about the Trojan. What is it all about? Our uh, best part is um, based in uh, China. It's called Gold Factory. They, they, they you know, with these these companies, should I call them companies? But these these great actors. <laughs> yes. They come up with uh, names for them. So it's called Gold uh, Factory. So. Now this gold factory came up with a, a, a gold pickaxe. I don't know why they're coming up with gold, gold, gold. I don't know why they came up with this thing. So, so what happened is um, they basically send you uh, a, a, an email, phishing mm-hmm. email, or they send you a. Uh, Smishing and phishing. Smishing is sending you an SMS. Phishing is sending you an email. So they mm-hmm. use those two attack forms to usually attack people. Then yeah, they'll they'll tell you to download a particular application. Then they're able to you know do transactions on your on your on your device. So you you know. Anyone who has tried hacking before, you understand that whenever they tell you to, you know, download a particular application, 
it creates a back door inside your system. And this back door is used to, 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 to now leverage information inside your machine to, to you know, perform other extra uh, attacks on your machine. So yeah, that's basically how this, this Trojan is working. Okay. Does it is it attacking or is it uh, targeted to all any device or does it uh, specifically look at some types of devices? Or well, does it uh, would it go for, would if you had an Apple phone would you be vulnerable to something like that or? Yeah, well, it attacks all of them. This is okay. how good they are. So yeah, whether you are an an Android phone or an Apple phone, <laughs> no okay. one safe. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's okay. And and how is how is the attack performed? Yeah, as I said before, it's uh, more social engineering. So with social engineering, basically they use uh, different social engineering methods of you know maybe sending you an SMS telling you ah you've won this, then click this and this and this, or an email you you know achieve this, please go through this and this and this. So yeah, along the way, that's where they were able to actually access your banking details if you were able to install that application on their project. So, so that's okay. basically how they operate. Okay. And and uh, you said it, it's a banking uh, attack, form of attack. Why is it uh, considered a banking form of attack? Well, um, when it comes to hacking, uh, definitely there is what they talk about concerning like the benefit of you attacking someone, the cost benefit. So uh, most of the time we find that most of the attacks usually rotate around things where there's money. And mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> if you know, you know. So everyone yeah. knows that there is money inside most of the banking applications. So. Yeah. Sometimes you find that people um, have very weak credentials concerning that or these other, because sometimes you don't necessarily need to affect the bank application. You have to first affect the person, then you affect the bank application. So you first attack the person who owns the banking application, then you attack the banking application. So that is, that, that, so sure rotates around banks. And if you notice now with with, uh, with um, the advent of uh, you know fintechs, as you know, since you are a board member, uh, you understand the the aspect of you know trying to transition back and make it more flexible for people to be able to access them through through this financial technology system. So yeah, you find that it is really key to. It is actually more profitable for them to attack such systems compared to you know going for any other. Somewhere yeah. else, the way you find that for crypto, uh, people are also attacking such because you find there's a lot of money there, and it's very hard. It's not impossible for them to be tracked, but yes, it is a very you know lucrative business. So yeah. you go where the money is. I guess. Yes, of course.
and recently we've had a, a, a spate of attacks on um, telcos and banking in Uganda, especially through mobile money. Um, I think I, I think you I don't know if you follow that story, but definitely those are are very vulnerable because it's about as you said it's about attacking where there is money. Um, it's unfortunate that um, the fraud fraud is considered an industry on its own because it's people run fraud like a business run it um you know they make money they 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 recruit people into the thing and they and they're very smart they keep up with technology um and they're almost always outpacing when they attack and succeed it's because they've outpaced the 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 victims so that will affect the whole system. And then when they tell you, you feel it badly compared to them because they will take years, years or months to craft something. But it's only one incident which may lead to them actually doing a full-blown attack. So just someone randomly clicking on a link randomly in your organization just lead to them opening up the, the banks and all that. So Yeah, that's that's just another thing to consider. Um, preventive measures that we can well, uh, that can we can put in place. Uh, those who know me now know that I usually use Bitdefender a lot. Uh, it's an anti-virus, and I think they came up with a new feature where, for emails, they they will show you if you tagged it to your email, they they show you emails which are you know suspicious and those which are so they will color code them so red definitely means it is bad green means it's good so yeah they color code it which is really a nice thing they did mm. uh, then there's also this aspect of also ensuring that you, uh, when you receive random sms's i believe also google has done a good job to the point that most of the times if you receive some spam Spam ones, they usually block them. And also with my, my vendor, is the, the defender uh, works both as an intrusion detection system and an intrusion prevention system. So basically, when an attack happens, they, they you know, protect me from, against it. So, yeah, it's very effective for both that. So when, when they send me some suspicious uh, message on, on on any chat platform, usually does it also. So yeah, it really helps. And the does it flag? Code, does it flag SMSs as well? Yeah, it also flags the SMSs. Okay. So and the package I got, I find that it's a family package, which I believe everyone can actually get it. So it's 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 subsidy, relatively cheap. When it comes to it, was around fifteen dollars, and uh, they are currently ten devices. It also comes with VPN and also a password manager inside it. Definitely, I don't use the password manager, but I use both the the VPN aspect of it and also the the antivirus part of it. So okay, well, that's yeah. good. So yeah, just for view, uh, viewers and listeners, 
the <clears throat> the references to what we're talking about are all in the show notes. Um, yeah. yeah, so thank you for that. Um, so when now on to the, uh, the new form of attacking people's homes. Can you tell us about uh, Wi-Fi jammers uh, that are being used for perform these attacks? So now what a Wi-Fi jammer is, first of all, is is a device which can be used to, to block Wi-Fi from, from being accessed from a particular device. So if they put a Wi-Fi jammer like here, meaning if I'm using Wi-Fi hotspot to actually conduct this this program, meaning that you won't be able to, uh, it will block my my traffic from actually being used, meaning that I won't be able to actually access this. That's how a Wi-Fi jammer works. So now imagine that, because now most of the times you find CCTV cameras are connected through, you know, uh, Wi-Fi. So what happens mm -hmm. is, they are able to, you know, use that Wi-Fi jammer to block the, the the CCTV cameras from sending information to you. Because remember, you're supposed to. This has to be live and online. So if you're not online, meaning you won't be able to see the person who has actually performed this. Um, but currently, uh, you find that now with Wi-Fi jammers. Like in the US, where this story was told, uh, find they have they they usually have a ban for for such devices, but people still get them through Alibaba, maybe I don't know, I don't know, but get them through through some of those other Chinese companies bring them. So okay, so so yeah, so there's a you see the picture of it of the in the art in the link that we provided there's a picture of what a, a Wi-Fi jammer looks like. It's it's uh, but it's a mobile mobile device. So yeah. I imagine it puts out signals which block the Wi-Fi signal. Yeah. And then the, the camera goes offline. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and from the article it says that once you block the cameras, then you can go inside um the um person's home and, and still but I, I guess you still it's still breaking in, isn't it? Yeah. It's not that you're yeah, you still have to you still have to break in, but there's no evidence of, of a camera. I mean yeah. I mean the camera can't can't work because you're you you've blocked the signals, the Wi Fi signals. Uh, okay, that's good. Um cameras, cameras is the more of a detective method. Yeah. It's, it's so meaning that you wanna detect and if one, you know perform a preventative method to, of you know stopping someone from attacking. Maybe yeah. if you're also thinking about it as a preventive method that when someone sees a camera they are less prone to actually, you know, stealing mm -hmm. something. Mm. But most of the times it works more most as a detective control. Yeah. Mm. So it doesn't stop the thief from actually stealing, it just sees the person stealing. Uh, mm. But I guess you also have those cameras which want if they're able to feed back the image to to the owner. Yeah, they're, they're those they're those yeah, devices where you can actually shout or something. Tell uh, the person, what are you doing? 
<laughs> yes, they do that. But still, yeah. like, it's still doing the, the same role as a detective device. So yeah. it sends you a message, you know, someone maybe, you know, appeared in, in the face of the camera, maybe if it has sensors. Then you're now able to now, you know, start talking on the stuff. But it doesn't, you know, even if you talk like that, if the person still wants to stay, will still, especially if you're well, not being visible. If, if he doesn't know where the voice is coming from, maybe exactly. he won't. Yeah. Okay. So, so in this case, what are the the mitigation strategies? Well, you could, the best option would be is you make it for the, the backbone of your, your wife's new cameras to be fully hardwired, meaning you're using wires, maybe Ethernet, connect them directly instead of using using what? Using uh, Wi-Fi for connecting yeah. them. So meaning that even if that happens, is yeah, still safe. Yeah. So using the Wi-Fi camera. Yeah. I mean it's it's just amazing how um how these uh you know thieves and things uh are but just becoming creative. Eh? They're very creative. Um, and you know they use technology to you know to beat technology, which is which is what which is quite worrying. But okay, so the other aspect about it is is whenever whenever such things happen, it usually forces us to be also more creative. So I think the more they evolve, is the more we evolve. So, but most of the times, I usually playing catch up with them. Yeah. So yeah. That's the only disadvantage, but when it comes to the security aspect, find that the more they attack you, the better it becomes. That's why it's sometimes weird for people to 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 leave a bank after it's being attacked. Mm-hmm. Because you find that maybe they have a possible mitigation for it, and they've already you know solved the issue. But the fact that you're losing trust in the the brand. Yeah. It's very hard for you to you now continue doing business, forgetting that everyone is attacked. Just yeah. because sometimes people don't document it, attacks happen to everyone. So we just yeah. have to find a way, you know, moving forward, regardless yeah. of such situation. Yeah. Because you no, know, like if uh, another story which I didn't add. So this was uh, one for Microsoft. Microsoft always has patch Tuesday, which is, I believe, the second week of, of every month. Mm-hmm. So every Tuesday, they usually have what they call patch Tuesday. Patch Tuesday is basically um, vulnerabilities that are formed during the month. They compile them and test uh, and, you know, create patches for them and then release them during patch Tuesday. So, so in fact, you said they will tell you the different, you know, vulnerabilities they were having, what, and this is the ones you're supposed to sort out. So, there are several of them. I believe there were like 19. Mm. So, mistaken. Okay. So, that shows you that if a company like Microsoft is having those type of vulnerabilities, the banks are also not, the same, not that different. Like, and they also have theirs. So it's just about, you know, 
finding proper ways of mitigating them. And yeah, everyone has vulnerabilities. You just have to find ways of mitigating them. So, and to avoid people from actually accessing them. So, yeah, it's, it's key for people not to just lose hope in the brand just because of an attack. Attacks happen to everyone. I'm also yeah. prone to this. So, you just yeah. have to find ways of, you know, reducing the effect of it. And when, think, it happens, yeah. and when it happens, it also helps, you know, with, with, with cybersecurity, many of them, when, when, when such a thing happens, that's when they start taking cybersecurity very serious. Yeah. That's when you tell them, yeah, we have this thing. They'll just be like, bring, bring, we'll sign off on it. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. But I think it's, uh, it's very important that you, you also know, um, how to to check for those vulnerabilities because some a lot of of people of, of organizations live in the misconception that uh that that where they don't know what the vulnerabilities are and they've never had yeah. a, had them checked so they're living in ignorance of for the fact that they're vulnerable to to attacks so yeah so patching is is a really important aspect of 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 making sure of of staying safe. Um, yeah. Speaking of that, also, I don't know. Sorry for cutting you short. Uh, I had if I, we had a conversation yesterday with uh, uh, Michael Ratemo, part of the Cybersecurity Impact Interview. Okay. So Michael Ratemo works in the U.S. is one of the uh, cybersecurity people there, and he has uh, a LinkedIn learning platform and all that. He has like two courses on LinkedIn. He also published a book. Uh, so uh, along the lines of auditing and also IT cloud and all that. So I was talking about this also, that you find that sometimes like if you find in a case of a zero day attack, you could also isolate your network, which you find that it is vulnerable. So you could choose to isolate it in a way that people from the outside cannot be able to access it. Then also yeah. the other aspect of it is constant monitoring of that asset which you find which is prone to this particular vulnerability. Ensure that when such an attack happens, you have the necessary tools or necessary orientation, like you are ready for it when it actually happens. So yeah. that's a good guy thing actually bring him on one of these days or for for Isaka because when I, he was talking and he's a Kenyan by the way. He's so, called Michael Ratemo. Can you spell Ratemo? Uh first of all is Michael is M I C H A E L. That's a traditional Michael, yeah. The traditional Yes. R A T A T E M O. R-A-T-E-M-O. R-A-T-E-M-O. Okay. That's good to know. Um, and it's a good reminder about... H-A-E-L. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. It's just been corrupted along the way. As those of us, you know, older people, that is the correct spelling. But all, all the other people who had kids around this 
millennial. Yeah, now they now they've, they've misinterpreted the original. Ah, okay. Yes, yes, it's it's my L. Yes, okay. Yeah. Um, okay, that's that's interesting. I actually it reminds me that about uh, I actually joined Cybersity, but I haven't done uh, much with it, so it, it's a reminder for me that I need to start you know following webinars uh, and seeing how how i can benefit from being a member so oh. thank you for that um all right so next sorry so next um the last part of our, our discussion is around duck duck go can you tell us what duck duck go is so uh for our listeners who have never used duck duck go before duck duck go is basically yeah google if you know what Google does, DuckDuckGo does. But the only difference is with DuckDuckGo, there's less tracking of you. So meaning that whatever you do online is not tracked, but it works the same way as Google works. Definitely, it doesn't have so many features like the way Google has, but basically that's how DuckDuckGo works. Okay. So you want to search, it does the searching you want to do, yeah. But the only it's... difference is it doesn't track you. And people who know me and who have spent time with me know that I usually use DuckDuckGo a lot uh, in terms of yeah. searching. And most of my browsers usually have DuckDuckGo. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I also have it. Ah, I also really? have, yeah, yeah. It's been sitting on, on my, uh, I've used it for, um, a couple of years now, maybe. Uh, so it's always sitting there. You see the the duck sign. So it's it's a good good thing to have. So, um, so you, you say it's you say it has end to end encryption. Yeah. Now the can you tell us a little bit more about it? Yeah, I've introduced this feature of end to end encryption. Uh, basically, to provide a way of backing up your information, meaning. Uh, with this new feature, you're able to scan and then you're able to, you know, share your information to another device using the QR code. So that's basically basically how they've, they've introduced it. Because remember, the whole aspect of, you know, ensuring that your information is not shared or so they try to avoid situations where you're supposed to share information with them or anyone else. So that is... That is how they have been able to achieve that. Okay, and and that means you can sync the information across devices as well, right? Yeah, meaning yeah, safely. Think. Yeah. Okay. And what what I think you probably talked about the benefits, but can you talk tell us about other other benefits? Yeah, well, with DuckDuckGo, apart from the browsing benefits, where they are not tracked. By maybe advertising and all that, uh, and they also have this. This one I use it a lot, especially right now where I'm, I'm lecturing. So I find that uh, I can use it to create uh, proxy emails. What proxy emails are basically is when they're sending you an email, it passes through their their servers, then it comes to you. So. You can give them dummy emails. Someone you give them a dummy email, but it redirects to your actual email. So I use that a lot when it comes to my lectures and all that. 
So I give them a dummy email. So then on 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 my email, I'll just create like a filter, and I group them into one. So whenever they send me emails, everything from that very email just comes directly to this section. So it's a good feature. And if you don't want to share your email to someone and you're not certain of the person, you can give them that that dummy email, and it will be able to work fine. So that is that is one thing I liked about DuckDuckGo. This feature actually came out some time back, <clears throat> but uh, when I began using it, I really enjoyed it. So it's one of those things I usually use a lot of. So. That's that's one feature I use a lot of in terms of DuckDuckGo. Apart from the browsing aspect, that's the second feature I use the most. Okay, that's interesting. And and DuckDuckGo is uh, I I use it as an add-on um, in Chrome. Uh, for users, how would they how would they access it, or how could they use it? How else could they use it? Well, Do you have to download it? I'm so, sorry. How else would they uh, install it? Yeah, on on your phones, definitely you need to download the application from the respective Play Stores. Uh, and then when it comes to to your laptop, I believe now they have a, a application on the desktop, but also another option you could use is is just waiting. Like what you talked about, the add-on. So with the add-on, you're able to use it on a different browser, like maybe Microsoft Edge, Chrome, or any is it other on browser. Is it on Chrome? Yeah. Mm. So any other browser to be able to access it. So yeah, depending on which browser you're having, you can be able to access it using the Alex. And okay. by the way, did you put Add extension for Bitward on a new device. No. Uh, okay, but it also has that option. Mm. So, yeah. How does that option, what does that option do? Uh, uh, I'll show you a demo at the end of this, but basically the whole aspect of it is you just, instead of, of typing in like the password or copying the password, you just right click use Bitward and then choose that particular credential you want and it automatically places it there. Okay, I'll, I'll review it. I know why the reason I installed it was I didn't want my uh, uh, web, uh, what I was doing on the web to be tracked. Um, I think that was the reason, but I, I think I'll, I'll definitely delve into in, into the features a little bit more and see how I can I can use more of the features. Yeah, I was talking about Bitboard and the password manager we talked about last time. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so, so yeah, I think we've we've come to the end. Um, I don't know whether you have something else that some parting shots that you want to to give to give us. So now, when it comes to securing yourself, um, stay up to date. Watch us more. Yeah, we always have a lot of information in stock. So, yeah, watch us more. Then you you learn a lot along the way, and we'll be bringing more people to come on. So, yeah, just stay tuned. 
process the other platforms uh if you notice like the the links usually send for for these different articles you can just be following those stories i can use flipping computer those those those, those different sites they usually share like of information i notice dipping computers shares more information compared to like the hacker news so or dark dark reading so yeah those those platforms are really key so if you want to stay up to get this information just use those very links so, or just type bleeping computers or the hacker news and then Look, you'll I be able to access I, I think the articles have links to the uh are based you know yeah. I've been got from that, but yeah. So yeah. bleeping computer, hack hack news, hacker news. What was the other one? Uh, there's also uh, the dark reading. The okay. minute, but yeah. But your I, top your top three. My top three would be bleeping computers, the hacker news. Uh, there's another one. Uh, I have a list which I usually use for coming up with these stories for, for the podcast. So, uh, I think just for our viewers' reference, if you could just put those three yes. in, our, in the voice, in the... So in the, that reading, the, the news. The show notes, yeah. Uh, group IB is also a good one. Okay. Yeah. There are many. Yeah. Yeah, so but that's why I said I top three. Share a lot of the, the secret sauce. <laughs> yeah, just the top three. It's good. Yeah, good, good uh, for people to reference that. Okay. okay. All right. So thank you very much. I think this has been uh, very interesting. At least I've learned a lot today. So and thanks for sharing that your your knowledge. You're okay. And that with that we're done. <laughs>